0: what you really want to start doing is looking at, okay, what's working and how can I do more of what's working without more effort?
1: Hey guys, it's Jazzy and welcome back to another episode of the First Hustle Then Brunch podcast. Whether you're a seasoned entrepreneur or just starting out, I'm sure you've realized that the path to success can often feel overwhelming with countless tasks, decisions, and challenges along the way. That's why having the right systems in place is so important for growth and creating a thriving business. In today's episode, I'm speaking with Coraline Hazelwood, a scaling strategist for coaches and course creators. Coralyn is obsessed with one thing and one thing only, leveraging technology to allow coaches and course creators to help more people, make more money, and do it in less time. She's been in the coaching industry for a little over six years, working behind the scenes, scaling six- and seven-figure coaching businesses. She is a goldmine of tips and strategies, so get ready to take some notes. It doesn't matter if you're just starting out or looking to level up your existing business, these insights will guide you on your path to success. So let's dive in. Hey, Coraline, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. I know. I'm glad we finally were able to connect like face to face. I know we've been following each other for quite a while. Yes. Isn't it funny to put like a face to
0: and a voice? Exactly.
1: A voice to people is like
0: so I mean I we I know we get that from Instagram stories or maybe listening to people's YouTube videos or stuff like that, but it's so different like in a one-to-one type conversation
1: so yeah it's definitely different like having conversations with people. I love it. That's one of the reasons why I love having this podcast too. <laughs> it's just to be able to like actually have conversations with the people that I've been connecting with online for years so it's been a lot of fun love it. Well before we dive in, do you want to go ahead and tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Uh, yes um, where to start? Uh, My name is
0: Coral Lynn. I essentially what I do now is I help coaches, course creators, and anybody in the service-based industry scale their online businesses using group coaching programs, courses, and I really focus on the tech side of things and the systems side of things. Tech is one of those things that people have like a love-hate relationship with, but I have loved yeah. it for so long. And so I really focus on teaching people funnels, how to, how to automate things on their to-do list, how to help more people make more money, do that in less time by leveraging technology and getting the most that we can out of the softwares and the tools and the stuff like that that we have available to us today that we, you know, past business owners may not have had. So that's yeah. kind of what I do. I've been in this industry for just over six years. Um, Started out working behind the scenes um, as a VA and then quickly realized that I had a previous skill set in digital marketing, social media management that would lend me well to doing something out on my own and started an online course about two years ago after doing mostly done for you work. And I've just been building that one course ever since.
1: (laughs) I love that you say one course. We should talk about remind me if I forget <laughs> later yeah. about having just one offer versus like a whole suite of offers. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to talk more about that. It's uh, my jam. Yeah. So you said you worked for a little bit as a VA. Did you have any like technical training in this stuff? Like did you go to school for this?
0: Yeah, I did actually. So, you know, my original dream was to be Meryl Streep in the Devil Wears Prada. That was like my <laughs> goal. That's where I, I love was going. That. Um, And so I went to Ryerson University here in Toronto. I have a Bachelor of Technology with a minor in marketing and digital media advertising. And after that, I ended up working in public relations for a nonprofit here in Toronto. And so I ended up getting a postgrad in PR, which actually lends itself very well to managing online brands, building online brands, you know, figuring out your image and your marketing. And from there, I hated kind of the corporate element so i went and found a startup that i could work in and in that startup i did social media management um, for a bunch of different companies it was an agency and so i was doing social media management and on the back end of that i got a postgrad in social media so yes i had a lot of prior knowledge and skills before i started my online business Um, I started in the VA because for some reason, and I think this happens so often with new business owners, we think our old skills don't correlate. Yeah. And it took me, I was probably working in that kind of VA role, uh, for about eight months to a year before I was like, wait, if you did this, this would be way better. And she was like, oh, okay. So we did that, you know, we increased the launch sales and it kind of just spiraled over like out over and over and over again to the point where I was like, I'm going to do this for more than just one person. Started the agency. Agencies very challenging to scale if you don't want to manage a team. So turned what I was doing in my agency into a course. And that's where I've been for two years.
1: That's so cool that you kind of started your own agency. I'm sure that was a lot of work.
0: It was. I, you know, I think it was a lot of work, but it was also so fulfilling. It was right around the time that COVID had hit mm. and I had nothing but time inside my condo to work and to do what I loved. And you know, I was building websites and doing social media management and helping people with their launches and their funnels. And it it brought so much joy. Um, and then I kind of reached a, a breaking point with it where it was Christmas. I hadn't seen my family in a really long time. And I had no time to go see them because I had clients wanting projects. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. And I popped up a sales page for a course designed to scale, which is still the course I have. And I never looked back within four months, I let go of all my agency clients and just been running this version of this
1: business ever since, which is a
0: crazy thing to
1: think about. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So how did you get the idea to create a course? Yeah,
0: so... It was really, really interesting. Um, I always tell people to look for the holes or the frustrations. So there's this really interesting. Have you ever heard of the the makeup brand The Ordinary? Yes. Yes, The Ordinary. So that parent company is um Decium, And there was actually a a Toronto founder. Their officer, their offices are in um, Toronto. And she always says something this, the now CEO, she always says like, Look for the things that are frustrating you about the things that you're currently doing and find a solution. And so the thing that was frustrating me in my agency was I was meeting with clients who had these beautiful visions for these courses and these programs and these offers, their websites and how everything would flow together. But they didn't have the language to explain it to me. So when I would come and say, you know, this landing page needs X, Y and Z things in order for it to convert better they'd be like, what are you talking about? (laughs) And okay, just do it for me. And I'm like, okay, but that's so much more than what you hired me for originally. And I was also having a lot of meetings and conversations with potential clients who would come to me and say, you know, I spent $5,000 on a website and it's not working. Like I'm not getting any clients from it. And can you build me out a funnel? Or I spent $5,000 on this funnel and it didn't work. It didn't generate any sales for me. And I realized that like, if we want to have these big visions and we want these big digital businesses, we have to understand the technology and how to leverage it. To at least get us far enough where we're making enough money where we can hire someone who would be considered an expert, Mm -hmm. right? It's like you need the skill to get you far enough.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's a good way to describe it.
0: And so, Design to Scale was really teaching people and demystifying this scary part of business, which is the tech and the systems. And it was instead teaching it in a way where it was empowering. And when you had an idea, you didn't have to hire somebody. You could have the skills you needed to build it and to test it and to be creative with it and to have fun with it. And when I looked around the market, everybody was teaching how to grow on social media and how to build a marketing thing. And there wasn't anybody talking about how empowering it is to know how to build something on the internet. And I just filled that hole.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think I even know a single other person that's talking about this besides you. <laughs> so uh, I feel like there's, yeah, there's a lot, a huge gap in the market for somebody to help us out with this type of stuff.
0: There is a, yeah. And I, you know, someone said something to me about a year ago, because you always think the grass is greener too, right? So like we talked mm-hmm. really about having like one program. Well, my brain is always thinking about offer suites, like- <laughs> it is always like, if we just had enough or sweet, everything else would be sunshine and rainbows. (laughs) Um, but you know, I went down that rabbit hole for a little while and I, I attempted to be everything for everyone and to talk about the marketing and the, this side and the, that side. And then I realized like I can compete over here with all of these people talking about the same things, or I can build my own lane and create something that no one else is doing and stick with it. And while it may not be you know, the, um, the sexiest thing in the world. And it might be boring long-term because I'm talking about the same thing all the time. It's really, really needed. And the results that I get from it and the fulfillment that I get from it are, is deeper and more meaningful in my life and in the lives of others than if I were to follow these shiny objects that I think are going to be more exciting or, you know, whatever that might be.
1: Yeah. I guess something else I thought about recently is just like, Especially nowadays with Instagram Reels and TikTok, new people are constantly finding your page. So, like, you're also introducing new people to your product every single day. And so, yeah, there's always somebody that needs it.
0: Yeah, like you, I, I've literally talked about design to scale on the internet on my Instagram stories every day for two years, and I still have people reach out to me and be like, "What is that?" And I'm like, <laughs> what? Like, yeah. it's all I talk about. Um, but yeah, and you know. We overvalue, I think, as people, how much people are paying attention to us Mm, and really underestimate how little people actually care. (laughs)
1: Yeah. (laughs) No? Yep. The human brain, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. We always think like the spotlight's on us, whereas there's so much out on the internet. So there's a lot of things that people are paying attention to.
0: Yeah, I think most people are scrolling on Reels or on TikTok and they don't remember who they saw. Mm-hmm. three swipes ago, let alone you on your stories talking about your offer yesterday.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I do want to talk more about social media, but before we move on from when you launched your course, you said you put up a sales page and that's kind of how you got started. Had you already created the course when you started no, selling it?
0: Absolutely not. No. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Tell us about that. Yeah.
0: So my big belief is you sell it. I There's a saying, you know, if you build it, they will come. And I think that's really relevant in the real world, but the exact opposite in the digital world. Mm. Um, Yeah. (laughs) You know, I think it's quite the reverse. And so, you know, my philosophy is that you sell it and then you build it. You, you know, in the tech world, we call this a minimum viable product or quantifying your idea, like ensuring that, validating your idea. Um, So what I will do is I will have an idea that I get And I will essentially just start talking about it. And I'm not selling anything at this point in time. I'm just talking about it. So when we look at design to scale, it was like, you know, are you disempowered about the technology of your business? Do you think technology is holding you back from growing? Like what's stopping you from putting that idea that lives in your head out there? And people would say, I don't know how to build a landing page. I don't know how to build a sales page. And so I was like, oh, okay, there's something here. Um, So I jotted down what I think the modules might be or what I would want to cover, um, chose a price, created the sales page. And I don't think a sales page is even necessary at that part. Um, I was building sales pages. It comes very naturally to me, but a checkout would have been more than enough. Um, and I just, I picked a date like two weeks later, I put it out there. I had 12 spots. I sold 11 of them and I built it as I went. So I prepped all of the content the week before I did it live. Um, And so I'm always kind of working one week back. And by the end of it, you have a fully fleshed out program that you can now sell multiple times and you got paid to build it instead of paying with your time and energy for something that you don't 100% necessarily know is going to sell, um, or that is going to be the supportive thing that you think it's going to be.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. I haven't tried pre-selling yet, but I'm definitely interested in you know hearing how that works. And you made it sound so simple of just like, just put a checkout page. It doesn't even have to be a fully built out sales page. Just put a checkout page with some ideas that you're thinking. And I actually pay attention to other creators when they are pre-selling their offers. I'm like, oh yeah, yes. this offer isn't created yet.
0: No. And you know, uh, for the sales page thing, and the reason why I say, like, just create a checkout is because I firmly believe in using Instagram stories as your first sales page ever. And, you know, you can look at any of my highlights on Instagram. You can look at some of the bigger coaches in this industry or mentors in this industry, and you'll see this play out where, you know, they have maybe a fun graphic for their course, and then they just describe on that screen what it's about and who it's for. And if that sells, they take that in, in this industry, not really um, people... We won't go there. Um, But eventually, (laughs) eventually they might take that and and make a legitimate sales page for it. Um, And so, you know, Instagram stories is a really great first sales page or inside your email is a really great first sales page uh, to test it out, to see what's working.
1: Yeah. I love
0: pre-selling; It's my favorite thing to do.
1: (laughs) I love it. Can you share at all, if you feel comfortable sharing how much you've made from that program, like in all those... Years.
0: Yeah. So we are just approaching
1: 700,000 in it. two years. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> that's crazy. <Yes. laughs> when you put that in perspective, I mean, it's already a huge number, but two years, crazy. It's just amazing to hear stories of people like you who've been really successful, especially with online courses, and just to hear what's possible for you. I think that's super inspiring. And other people need to hear about that because. For so many people, they don't realize that this is actually legitimate. Like there are actually people out here making hundreds of thousands of dollars just sharing their knowledge with other people. Yes,
0: there are a lot of, you know, I I almost hate saying, oh, I've done that in the last two years, even though that is 100% the truth, because I quit my job six years ago. Like I have been building a business of some kind for six years, and it's just like this iteration of this business was one that really took off for me. Yeah. And there were many others that
1: didn't. <laughs> hey, that's that's also important to admit though. This wasn't like it an is, overnight success.
0: There's so many failed ideas out there that I did. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, this one, I, it felt different too when I thought about it. Like it it had a life on it of its own almost. Um, and I, I'm super blessed. I'm I'm super grateful to have the community and to be able to say that because it is possible it is truly, truly possible.
1: Yeah. So I know a lot of people, especially in the creator industry and field in general, sometimes deal with imposter syndrome. Is that something that you have experience with? And if so, how do you overcome it?
0: Uh, every day of my life.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, every day. Um, You know, it's it's, it used to be something that when it would come up, I would make it mean something. You know, like I would give it a meaning. I'm not meant to do this. I'm not meant to move forward. You are a fraud. Like you, like you actually are a fraud. Um, And and I did that for a really really long time. But my relationship with imposter syndrome now is I really welcome it. And I think it would be. I I always give this example. You know the show you. Yeah. Like hello you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh oh, where are you going with
0: this? (laughs) I know. I know. I'm sorry, but it is a good example. I swear. that man's an actual fraud like he is a literal yeah. imposter mm-hmm. and there is not a single moment during that show where he's like should I be doing this like is this you're right yeah like is murdering her okay like, <laughs> like there's no point of the show where he is questioning his moral compass like it just mm-hmm. doesn't happen and so when imposter syndrome comes up for me I'm like oh, there's no way if I was an imposter, if I was a fraud, I wouldn't be having these thoughts at all. And so for me, I'm like, there's that evidence that I care again. There's that evidence that like, I am meant to do this. Like I care so much about the impact that I'm here to make that I'm willing to let myself or make myself feel like crap for a little bit thinking I'm not, I don't care enough. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. And so I always say like, it's not about, it's not about getting rid of imposter syndrome. It's more so just becoming aware of it and understanding that so long as it's there, you know, the stories that it's telling you about yourself aren't possibly true. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually it pops up less and less, but it always pops up. I'm having huge imposter syndrome today.
1: Yeah. Part of it. Yeah. It's just something you've learned to manage. Yes. How would you say, I guess, how much does mindset overall do you think impacts your success? And like, what things have you done to help cultivate this mindset that you have where, you know, imposter syndrome isn't really an issue for you.
0: I think mindset is 50% of the work.
1: Um,
0: and if you had told me that five years ago, I would have laughed at you. (laughs) That would, I would have been like, it's all strategy. Strategy Mm -hmm. is the only thing that matters. Your systems are the only thing that matters. But if you don't believe those systems are going to do what you want them to do, Mm -hmm. then they won't work. Right. So I think that there is like a belief part that has to come through. And for me, the biggest things that I did to help me, first of all, overcome imposter syndrome, is I, I really looked for evidence that I wasn't an imposter. So it's, it's really easy for the brain to look around and find reasons why you are, well, so-and-so didn't show up to the call today. And I got a hater over on Instagram or on TikTok. And you know people aren't commenting, I must be an imposter. It must not matter. I must not be meant yeah. to do this. Mm-hmm. But it's equal amount of effort to find the evidence that you're not the imposter or that you are meant to do this. And so in our community, we call we call it like a celebration ritual. And it's this activity that I I genuinely still to this day do every day, where I write down a hundred things I can celebrate about that day.
1: Oh my gosh, that's awesome! <laughs> every day, <That's>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and you know the funny thing is, like the first couple times you do it, it probably takes you twenty minutes, but now it probably takes me five minutes to find a hundred things, and it just really reconnects me to like reality. Versus what my brain is trying to tell me is happening. It's like, no, like, I went for a walk today. I fed myself today. I braked and took a lunch. Like, you know, Ashley generated some revenue. You know, Tanya put her first course out. It, it's like it's all, it all adds up um, to you realizing that you're doing way more than you think you are. Mm-hmm. You're impacting way more people than you think you are. Yeah. And... um it, it just sets you up to feel more grounded, for lack of a better word,
1: mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. I love that. I try to express gratitude every day. I think that's a huge part of just, like, attracting wealth and attracting all of these great things back to me. So I try to practice that, but... <laughs> This is going to be embarrassing to say after you just said a hundred things. I try to write down three to five things that I'm grateful for every single day. But now I need to up my game because (laughs) I'm sure I could go further. You know, I could just start looking around the room and, you know, being grateful for just the random things that are in my home. But yeah, I probably uh, just think way too deep about it.
0: (laughs) Well, we think that they should be these grand things, you know, and I'm, you know, Every day I'm grateful for these nails that I have. Like they these are, are natural nails. <laughs> you know? Like these are the nails God gave me and I'm so blessed for them every <laughs> single day. <laughs> um and so it's like I I I'm I I sometimes I write down like I, I brushed my teeth twice today. Like I got that done twice today. Like that is a win. You yeah. know, I put makeup on. I didn't stress about getting my hair perfect before I showed up on the podcast today. Like that's a win, you know.
1: Yeah.
0: Um I oh, went to therapy huge. yesterday. Like yeah. these are all like, it's, it's the tiny little things, you know? Yeah.
1: I like that you use celebrate it. That's a good way to put it. Cause there are so many things that you could celebrate. I mean, just waking up every day. So yeah. Love that.
0: Yeah. Celebration is such an infectious energy too. And it's, it's a big reason why we, I think we've had the sales that we have had. Mm-hmm. Um, celebration is a pillar in every single one of my, paid communities with all of my clients. Like it's something we do every day. It is, it is not something that we just do every once in a while or look at, like it's ingrained in every single area of my business and every single person in our community participates in celebration. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And, you know, we leverage that energy of that celebration on the outside to, you know, other people might call this testimonials or results, Mm -hmm. but I leverage the celebrations that people have to show other people what's possible and as a result of that, I think that has led to, um, you know, some of the financial success that we've been able to have.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. It's exciting. Well, switching gears to offers,
0: mm-hmm. what
1: would you say makes an offer profitable? Like, what do you look for? What are the things that you teach people to include in their offers, or that they kind of must haves in order to be successful?
0: So I always say that there are. Five main reasons why people buy things. So to save time would be the first one. So how does your offer save people time? Hmm. And does it? Um, save money. The perceived opportunity to make more money, like a lotto ticket, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a perception. Yeah. Um, personal needs. Like for survival, clothes, water, shelter, that kind of thing. And then the perception or the opportunity to see yourself or to be perceived by others at a higher status. So an, an improvement of your self-image, both either to yourself or to others. So I always say that a really great offer will hit on at least one of those points. And an exceptional offer will talk about at least two of those points. Okay. Um, and the other thing that's really important to note about offers is that your, your course and your offer are not the same thing. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Explain that. (laughs) So your course is the information that gets people the transformation. Okay. So if you follow, you put all this information in a course, and if they implement that information, they will get an outcome from doing so. Mm -hmm. The offer is just the outcome. So the offer, how you market it, is just the outcome. And I really like to use the example of a muffin.
1: I love it. Keep it simple.
0: Analogies work. That's what I'm saying. Um, But if you're walking down the street and you're hungry, okay, and you're you're in the market for a muffin, and there's two bakeries, one on the right side of the road, one on the left side of the road, and they both have advertisements up. The bakery on the left side of the road says we have muffins. They're in paper cups. It has oats and bananas and chocolate chips and whatever, and it's Mm $6.99 for a muffin. That's a high-value muffin. (laughs) (laughs) It's $6.99 for a muffin, okay? The shop on the right side of the street says, if you're hungry, we have the softest, most delicious muffins that are fresh out of the oven, made with only whole ingredients, and will keep you full all day long, and it's $7.99. Which muffin are you
1: buying? Yeah, the one on the right.
0: That's the difference between selling an offer and having a course. Mm,
1: Right? The
0: the first muffin, they were like, here's all the things that you get. Yeah. (laughs) You get a little paper cup, and Mm -hmm. you get get some bananas and stuff. The second muffin, we really talked about what you're going to receive after you have the muffin. What's the experience of having Mm -hmm. the muffin, right? And so... (laughs) An offer in and of itself should talk about the outcomes that people are going to have. How are they going, what are they going to see? What are they going to feel? What are they going to hear? And what are they going to do after they take your course? Not what's in your course, not helpful. What's the result of the course? Um,
1: yeah. Yeah, I think too many people get hung up on the logistics of what's in the course. So like, it has seven modules, it has like 50 hours worth of videos. <laughs> You know, they talk about that and not so much the transformation.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and and I think, I think if you look at the things that we traditionally buy, Mm -hmm. that makes sense, because I would rather get, yeah,
1: yeah,
0: I'd rather get, you know, a 100 grape tomatoes for $10 instead of 50. Like, that's the whole premise of Costco. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) exactly. Costco would not exist if we did not want more for our money, right? Yeah. But when you're coaching, you're selling an opportunity to change people's lives. You're not selling a course. You're yeah. selling You're selling a different way of being. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to quantify, but we want to try to.
1: <laughs> yeah. Do you think that potential buyers are kind of grasping this concept too? Because, I mean, I feel like some people definitely understand, oh, yeah, I'm purchasing for this transformation, but other people are like, well, wait, what am I going to get out of this?
0: Yeah, and that's where I think it's important to um, talk to both people. But mm-hmm. the majority of the people, if you paint a really beautiful picture about what the outcome is, yeah, you will, you know, you will pretty much. I don't even like using the word convince, but you will have them sold on this thing. Mm-hmm. And so that's why you know when you are doing a sales page or something, you do want to say like it's six weeks long, it's eight weeks long. Here's the level of support you get. It's just that it's, like, the bonus. It's not the whole focus.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's not the main thing.
0: Yeah. It's like if we did the muffin, we'd be, like, bonus, it's (laughs) gluten-free.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? Like, Mm -hmm. or bonus, it's organic. Right. But it's not, like, the whole – it's not the whole package. Mm -hmm.
1: It's not what we're
0: completely looking at. I don't care what kind of paper cup my muffin comes in. I just want to be full.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I'm hungry. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I guess along those lines, as far as something that I teach with digital products is you want to help people solve one specific problem for simple digital products. So in doing so, a lot of people feel like, oh, well, I'll create this one product that does like 50 million things, or I'll create one product and then create 50 million other products, (laughs) you know, and create a full offer suite, you know, to make sure that I solve every single problem that this potential person might have. So, yeah, what are your thoughts on having one signature offer and versus having a whole offer suite?
0: I think it deeply depends on the person running the business, because there is no right way to build a business, both work, offer suites work, evergreen courses work. Mm -hmm. And so it's less about, is there a right way? And more so like, what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? What is the lifestyle you want to live? And which of those models fits that? Right? So if you're somebody, (laughs) this is the this is kind of the hang up a little bit, right? So if you're somebody who like, the whole reason you're building your business is because you want time freedom and you don't want to sit at your desk, a complex offer suite is not what you want. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> that, that does not that equal. Me up that
1: life. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right? Like a, a complex offer suite, multiple launches per year. Th- that's not how you get that outcome.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: However, for the person who maybe maybe like me, who's single. I love working all the time. I don't have a partner or family or someone else to take care of. I'm not thinking about anybody but myself, you know, and this is the thing that I deeply, deeply love to do. An offer suite might be great for me because I have the time to launch multiple times a year and to create multiple products and stuff like that. Um, that's ultimately not what I picked because I want the time freedom. <laughs> um, but that's not to say that I didn't try the offer suite on yeah, on exercise sure. and see how that looked. Um, but it, I think it just really, really depends on what you want from your business and what you want to spend your time doing. Um, you know, if you're somebody who gets very bored easily, the single product is going to drive you nuts. Mm, yeah, because you are talking about the same thing. And the single product is very stable. It's very consistent. You will know what to do and when to do it. But if you like chaos <laughs> and you can't find somewhere else in your life to create a little chaos and your business is your outlet for your chaos, then you will hate running that business model mm-hmm. and you will always think the grass is greener, right? So it's yeah. both work. What do you want to spend your time doing? Mm,
1: yeah, that's a is, good point
0: the question.
1: Yeah, I had several offers or different products I was selling originally. I had an ebook about side hustles and how to get started in side hustles and, you know, find one that fits your lifestyle. I had a budget binder for people that were interested in printing out binders and managing their finances like pen and paper. So I had several different offers and then I decided, yeah, I kind of just want to focus on one because I don't have time to even promote all of these different things and they're all kind of targeting different people too. So yeah, I get that a hundred percent.
0: My, you know, my kind of cardinal rule is every product is a different business. Mm. It requires a different audience. It requires different marketing. It requires different funnels. It requires yeah. different sales processes. Um, and so if you love the optimizing of sales pages, and that's what you like to do, I think create as many products as you want. Um, Which probably but, isn't a
1: beginner, but...
0: Yeah, not the easiest model as a beginner, right? As a beginner, you're <laughs> right. better off spending your time trying to solve one problem for people and doing that really, really, really well and getting very well known for that. And then when you get bored, you can create lots of things for the other people who you found along the way but couldn't help because you were so focused on this one problem yeah but everybody is going to make their own mistake too Mm -hmm.
1: yeah and I feel like also in the beginning that trial and error is okay because then the more Mm -hmm. products I created and tried the more I realized what I actually was interested in what I wanted to talk more about so you know it has a purpose
0: I always say that like Under the six-figure mark, like do as many different things as you can, as Mm -hmm. many different things as you want. Talk to different people, play with new ideas, play with new offers. It's like the the spaghetti stage. You're at the spaghetti market where you're throwing so many things at the wall and you just want to pay attention to what sticks a little longer or like which one you enjoy talking about. Like that's a beautiful clue as to what you can then do to scale, to move beyond that kind of... Mm
1: -hmm. um, you know,
0: six figures or whatever that arbitrary number is that you want to paint in the, in the sand.
1: Yeah. So when it comes to these, I know you mentioned before that you kind of live launched your first course and then now you're selling it. So can you explain the difference between evergreen and live launches and what your thoughts are on, you know, how much you can be successful with either of those approaches? Yeah.
0: So, I mean, every every course that you have on the internet, whether it's now Evergreen or is done in a live launch model, it always starts out with a live launch, right? So um, regardless of what Design to Scale is now, which is an Evergreen offer, it started out as a live launch, right? So it always starts there. Mm-hmm. Um, Evergreen as a whole essentially means that there are no open quote open cart, closed carts, which means there are no strict launch dates. The offer is available all the time. People can apply to get into it all the time. I'm always open for business, (laughs) (laughs) always here to help you, always here to support you. And so on the back end of our business, I'm really just maintaining and running that program every single month. So Mm -hmm. my calls are the same. My goal is just show up for my community, make any improvements to the course that I need to make and sell it like those are my only priorities. On the live launch model, and if we wanna look at like people who have been uber successful with that model, we can look at Sunny Uzi. She's Mm -hmm. hitting 15, 18 million uh, in total generated sales in the last five years. Um, I had the absolute pleasure and privilege of learning from her, which was an incredible investment of my time. Um, Mm -hmm. But you know, she's a really, really great example of somebody with an evergreen offer that is running very smoothly and that is very, very profitable.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They tend to be higher ticket. So they tend to be above the two to $3,000 range, anywhere up to 15000 Okay. They do tend to be higher ticket. Mm-hmm. Um, on the alternate side of the spectrum, you have the, the live launch model. So really, really great examples of live launch models, James Wedmore, he's in the middle of a yep. launch right now. <laughs> yeah. You can't go on the internet without hearing about business by design. <laughs> oh yeah.
1: <laughs> seeing it everywhere. Like my email, I'm like, oh, um, it's year too.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's a program that opens once per year, right? So open cart, closed cart, only open for business once per year, builds up to that for months beforehand, right? So he's prepping everything for that launch months and months and months beforehand. Um, and he's prepping for, you know, everything in that launch months and months and months afterwards too. Um, but he's only open for business that one time a year. And if you look at a business like his, you know, this will be a multi-million dollar launch for him. He'll probably pull over 5 million in these 10 days.
1: Yeah, that's insane.
0: <laughs> Which is insane, right? <laughs> um, another great example of a live launch model with just one offer, right? So James Wedmore really just has the one core offer that he's open mm-hmm. like that. Another really great example of that would be Manifestation Babe, Catherine Zanchina. Yeah. Again, I've had the privilege of watching her business blow up over the last six years, and that has been Same. Like, yeah wild. Mm -hmm. Um, absolutely wild. And I, I remember that's a story for another day, but anyways, she has, (laughs) she has one core program. One, she launches that program, I believe two or three times a year, Mm -hmm. but even still every time she opens the cart, it's, it's a million dollar plus launch traditionally. Right. And so both have their pros and cons. Both can be wildly successful. It's again, it's like a pick your poison type situation. It's a pick your win, pick your poison. With the live launch model, you are always launching, then delivering, then launching, then delivering, then launching, then delivering. Um, so the the energy that you need as a business owner can be inconsistent, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. your revenue can be inconsistent. So James Wedmore is about to have a $7 million influx in sales right? But that's going to peter out Mm -hmm. between now and the next time, depending on how long the payment plans are. I think he offers six months. Mm. So by the time six months rolls around, he's not going to have any revenue coming in from that.
1: Yeah. Which is interesting to think about. Yeah. Like there are months when they have no revenue at all. (laughs) I mean, they might have some, yeah, some smaller, you know, add-on. What we don't
0: see on the back end of James Mm -hmm. Wedmore's business is that he actually is not a great example of just a one course Mm. because he has a higher ticket mastermind that he sells to people after they've been through six months of business by design. Okay. Right. So he closes out those payment plans and then he offers another one that comes Mm -hmm. in. Yeah. And so, you know, the, your revenue can be up and down in a live launch model and you need to be selling something different or moving people through an offer ladder to maintain that consistent revenue. Mm -hmm. The evergreen model, your offers always open and you know what you need to do each month to get the same numbers, right? So when we were doing um, $30,000 months consistently, which is something we accomplished last year that I'm so proud of us for doing.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Congratulations.
0: Thank you. Um, But for me, I knew that like it's a $5,000 offer. So I really just need our closing rate on our sales calls is about 75%. So I don't need a million people every month. I just need to talk to eight of the right people.
1: (laughs) Wow. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And that's my focus. So my Mm -hmm. focus isn't going viral or building Mm -hmm. a massive community. I'm like, I need to build deep relationships and, and discover eight people who I can genuinely help. Mm -hmm. That's easy to me. And so I know that so long as I have 20 sales calls in a month, I'm going to get that output. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to get that output every day, every month for the entire year. Um, and so I, that's why I prefer the model. I don't like the up and down with the revenue that my nervous mm-hmm. system don't like that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Trying- I think I, my course is on evergreen as well. And I just like, you know, relaxing around the house. And then all of a sudden I get a notification that, I, that someone joined my cr- my program. Yes. So I'm like, Oh yeah, I just got paid instead of, you know, when I was, when I, like you said, every course, you know, starts with a live launch. That week was pretty stressful because I just felt like I had to post a million times a day and like constantly be talking about it, constantly checking emails and everything to make sure things were working properly. So yeah, it was a bit more stressful.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I find, you know, with the more evergreen model, there's more room for grace. Like I know that I don't need to show up on Instagram every day. I go through periods where I do, where I show up multiple times and I go through periods where I don't. And I know that over the course of a year, that evens out. Mm-hmm. If you just do your sales window in ten days, like yeah. the pressure of how how you need to show up in those ten days is why a lot of people have what's called post launch burnout.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, I need a vacation after that.
0: <laughs> I don't get post launch burnout
1: because <laughs> yeah. I don't launch. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, um,
0: but a lot of evergreen people too will do consistent webinars, etc. Um, to help move people through the funnel, right? Yeah. Move people into the buying process. So mm-hmm. it's just not launching. You're you're just running a webinar,
1: right? Okay, yeah. We've talked about checkout pages, webinars, funnels. Can you explain the tech behind all of this stuff? What systems should someone have in place if they're wanting to scale? And yeah, what tools do you recommend specifically?
0: I personally have been using Kajabi for 10 years or six plus years now at this point in time. And so I always recommend Kajabi. I really do recommend people look for the softwares that have as many of the tools that they need in one place. So you're going to need a website. You're going to need sales pages. You're going to need checkouts. You're going to need email marketing. You will eventually need affiliate programs. Um, You know, some type of sales metric and a customer management database, right? So you mm-hmm. can see what people are doing. You'll need course portals. Kajabi has all of that. And so that's why I tend to recommend Kajabi. And I think one of the reasons why the tech side of things becomes as challenging as it does is because. <laughs> We look at a, a platform like Kajabi and we see that it's like $199 a month. And we're mm-hmm. like, like sticker shock. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. We're like, Oh my God. Like what, what the heck? First, what other business can you start for $199 I a mean, month? Yeah. Like, none of them. Right. <laughs> you try to get into real estate. You need like a minimum of 60,000 down on that house. Right. So right. Like, exactly. it, it's, you know, context is everything. Yeah. But. Why, why the tech feels so challenging and why the systems feel so challenging is because we put our email marketing on ConvertKit and then we put our website on Squarespace and then we put our courses on Thinkific or Udemy or like whatever other platforms there are and none of those platforms speak the same language.
1: Mm-hmm. So yeah.
0: the you might be spending less money to have all of those platforms, mm-hmm. but you're spending more of your time trying to get them to talk to each other. Yep. Right. And I think if there's anything we can take from like the success of Starbucks, it's that consistency is king. (laughs) Like (laughs) how your brand looks, how your drinks taste, like they are, they nailed consistency. And so when you use multiple platforms, your brand loses consistency because they all look different. They all have different general fonts. They all have different you know, colors and sizes and stuff like that built in. Yeah. So from a brand perspective, it deteriorates the trust of every person going through your business. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is something not a lot of people think about or mm-hmm. like, no, it's cheaper, but in the long run, it's costing you more because right. your landing page looks like this, but your emails look like this and your course portal looks like this mm-hmm. and nothing All, is like, seamless
1: together, but
0: yeah, not cohesive you duct taped it and it's obvious, right? It's like everybody knows that you've duct taped (laughs) it together. Um, And so, you know, that's the platform that I recommend. But in terms of, you know, systems that you need, there are a couple basic ones. You need a sales system, right? So where's your traffic coming from? How are you selling to them? Is that a sales page? Is that a webinar? Is that a sales call? What's the process from discovery to sale? once they you've landed the sale, you need a client onboarding system. So how do you get them where they need to go? They've bought the thing, mm-hmm. you know, does Kajabi grant them access? Do they get a welcome email? Like what's that first interaction with as a customer, mm-hmm. uh, with your business. And then obviously you need your, the system of getting your clients results. So for most of us, that's a course portal. We think that's enough, but you really want to also set up, for example, an email sequence, to go out each week to remind them to go into that course portal and to use it and to <laughs> do what's in there.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, most people forget about courses. Mm-hmm. And so those are kind of the core systems that I would put in place a sales system, a customer service system, and a client onboarding system.
1: Okay. Yeah, even, um, so I use Kajabi now for my course, and I do love it, but don't hate me, <laughs> I still have ConvertKit, mainly yep. because I have not sat down to actually, like, move everything over, and I know Kajabi, they're, you know, rolling out new features, I guess, for their email platform, too, so yeah, I just need, there will be a little bit of a learning curve, so I, I've, I've been holding off on that project, but I need to go ahead and move it over.
0: Look, there's, the, there's no judgment, you know? <laughs> there's zero judgment. Like, I got a random thought process a couple weeks ago that Thrivecart was a better checkout system than Kajabi. So I got Thrivecart mm-hmm. for a couple weeks. And then a couple weeks later, the shine wore off. And I was like, this sucks. I'm going back yeah. to Kajabi.
1: <laughs> I know. There's so many options out there, so. There really are. And, yeah.
0: you know, there's a cost of switching mm-hmm. all the time. And, like, I see it happen a lot where you know, they're on Penn site and then they're on this thing and then they're on that thing. And I'm like, how much time did you spend setting that new one up? Like, if you just stayed over here, Mm -hmm. we'd be so much further ahead by now. Um, but some lessons we have to learn in our own time.
1: Yeah, exactly. I know I'll (laughs) I'll get to it. I promise. (laughs) Well, all in the right time, all in the right time. (laughs) Yeah. Well, um, I know a big part of this is getting people into your sales funnel So how do you recommend, number one, driving traffic to your offers? And then also, how do you get or help people get over the fear of being salesy?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, the fear of being salesy is a really interesting one. Um, For me, my business partner says something that always sticks with me. She says, if it's on your heart, you should not stop talking about it you really shouldn't love that. Up. Yeah. Like if it's on your heart really shouldn't stop. Mm-hmm. But the thing that I always tell people is they're like, I don't want to be annoying. I don't yeah. want to be that person. And yeah. I always say to people, this is your account. So if we're selling on Instagram or selling on TikTok, we or selling on YouTube, like these people have opted in to be there. Yeah. They have clicked the follow button. They have told you that they want to hear from you. They have literally done the thing that they need to to say i want to hear from you. And yeah. so it is our job and our responsibility to show up and to sell. Mm. And to not do so is to i always say it's selfish. Because you think you're protecting yourself but you're you're removing the opportunity for the person who needs your help to find you. And uh, yeah. Right? Mm. Yeah. I always say to people like, who's the first person who you bought something from on the internet that really genuinely helped you. Yeah. And what would your life be like today if they never did that? Mm -hmm. We can't even comprehend it. And so we're going to prevent someone from finding us in that way because we're afraid of being a little
1: salesy. (laughs) Yeah, it seems very silly when you say it and put it like that.
0: (laughs) And then the other thing I like to think about is commercials. Mm. So like if you're watching the Super Bowl and you see that dang Swiffer commercial for the 800th time, (laughs) Johnson and Johnson is not sitting over there being like, oh, we're so annoying. They're like, good, yeah, repeat that message, like more, 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 (laughs) (laughs) give me more positioning, please give me more eyeballs, right? And it's like, when you understand that the, the one time, like you think you showing up one time, like everybody heard you and everybody gets it mm-hmm. 0.001% of the people on your feed, like actually tuned it and listened. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. They, so they cool. need to hear it. I think it's like 12 to 25 times now before people will move on something. Wow. Right. So we overemphasize that one time thinking everybody heard it. Everybody knows. And it's like, they have no clue. (laughs) (laughs) They don't even, they have no clue.
1: Yeah. That really puts it in perspective. (laughs) So just get out there and start posting a lot.
0: Yeah. And if, you know what, like I always say, like, if you think I'm salesy, please excuse yourself.
1: You don't yeah, have to that's true. Here. Like everyone has the option of unfollowing or blocking, hiding, whatever they need to do if they're not interested.
0: This is my space.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: If you don't like how much I sell, don't show up to it. <laughs> right? Yeah. Just like you wouldn't come to my house all the time if you really hated my cooking. Eventually right. you would stop coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like, but you're not going to stop cooking what you cook because yeah. your friend doesn't like it when she comes over. Mm-hmm. So it's like, this is your space. You get to decide what is and is not allowed in here and you get to decide what is and isn't salesy.
1: Yep. I love that. Well, we're running out of time here. Um, One other question. Do you have any specific tips or what would be your top tip for helping somebody scale from four figures a month to five figures and beyond?
0: Four to five. Let me position a four. So four would be like a thousand dollars, $2,000. And we want to get into that 10. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, cliche advice that everybody's going to say, but look at what's working and do more of that. So if you're noticing that that $2,000 is coming every time that you send an email, send more emails. If Mm -hmm. you notice that that $2,000 comes every time, you know, it's a referral let's just say you keep getting referrals, Yeah. incentivize your people to send you more referrals. Um, If you notice that every time you talk about boundaries on your Instagram, it drives more people to buy your thing. Talk more about boundaries, um, have more conversations about boundaries. You know, the really, really cool thing about your business when it's doing 2000, 1000, 3000, 4000 is that you already know what's working. If you look (laughs) and it's, It's telling you what to do Mm -hmm. if you pause and you look at it, right? Um, And then there is a mindset piece as well. So there's a a mindset shift, I think, that happens in there a little bit where, um, you know, when you're doing the $2,000 and you're doing, there's like this mindset, I think, that we can get into where we're like, oh, the more I work, the more I make. Mm-hmm. show up more. And you have the evidence for that because you've been working really hard. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Most of us hit that first 2000, 3000, 4000. We're working really hard to get that. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and so we have this idea that if we work harder,
1: mm-hmm. we'll
0: then make more. Yeah. we'll make more.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But what you really want to start doing is looking at, okay, what's working and how can I do more of what's working without more effort? So if that's the emails, can I schedule more of those out? If that's talking about boundaries, can I batch some more content around boundaries out so that that's automatic and that happens? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And can I start to look for clues and look for evidence that I make money even when I don't work hard? Yeah. That the hard work that I did is supporting me now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the momentum has already been built. There's nothing I can do to stop it. I cannot mess it up. When I walk right. away from my desk, the momentum doesn't stop building.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: My business is a separate being. It is a separate entity. It has life force. I've given it a lot of life and it is going to continue providing for me. Yeah. So long as I continue to do what's working. So what's working, how can I save time on those things and do more of them? Mm -hmm. And then how can I step away and let the business prove to me that I don't need to sit here every day to make
1: money? Yeah.
0: Right. So there's the systems Mm -hmm. and then there's the the mindset piece.
1: Mm -hmm. Both super important. Yeah. And honestly, that sounds so simple. (laughs) So I know there's a lot that goes into it, but like, yeah, just do more of what is working and also work on your mindset.
0: It goes back to that thing of like, a lot of us think it's hard. Yeah. I'm like, it can't be that easy. And it's mm-hmm. like,
1: mm-hmm. I know.
0: <laughs> but, you know, we're deeply, yeah. deeply conditioned that in order to win, you have to struggle. Yeah. Starving artist Such mentality. That's a
1: terrible, terrible belief. <laughs> yeah.
0: And it, it's unconscious usually when we're in our businesses. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't do this hard enough. It can't be that simple. It can't be that easy. Right. Right. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. It, now it, I follow. It can be that easy. Yeah. Now I follow enough entrepreneurs on social media where I'm seeing that their lives, of course, they worked hard in the beginning, but now they're making so much money living very soft lives. That's like the thing nowadays. (laughs) And I'm just like, oh yeah, these people, they don't have to work hard for their money. Like I don't have to work hard to earn more money. So yeah, I think it definitely takes this, this reshifting, I guess, of our mindsets and like reframing the beliefs there.
0: Yes, every day,
1: mm-hmm.
0: every day. Yeah. Right. And we also, you know, social media is a highlight reel. So I always try and exactly. keep that True. in mind when mm-hmm. I see soft girl lives. I'm like, <laughs> okay, but what's the hard workout you did this morning? Really?
1: <laughs> yeah, I know there's definitely more to it, but love that. Tell me about all life. the
0: poor therapy you did to have that soft life.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yep. I'm well, starting there now and that is very hard.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but definitely needed. So <laughs> yes, priorities. therapy is like the greatest privilege I um,
0: i have ever had the privilege of actually engaging in therapy. And mm-hmm. I really wish more people had access to it. I think it's something that I, I,
1: know.
0: I, I think I want to put some type of give back element into our business to help more people get therapy because it has been so helpful in my life. It's insane.
1: yeah. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I love that you, your mind goes there to like, you got such a benefit out of it. And so you want to help other people. Love that. That's exactly why we do this.
0: Yeah. I think that's the whole premise of coaching, you know, it's like, <laughs> it gives, for me, it gave purpose to all the quote unquote crap I went through. Yeah. Right. It, it made it for something. Right. And, and it gave purpose to my pressure, if you will. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what we're all kind of driven by in some way is some kind of hardship or something that we went, this can't be for nothing. Mm-hmm. This has to be for something.
1: Yeah. And if it's
0: not for something, I'm going to make it for something. Cause like, right. yeah, <laughs> I can't go through this, having thought that like it, the only reason this existed in my life was for me to struggle or for me to suffer. Like that can't
1: mm-hmm.
0: be, you know? And I yeah. think that's where we all kind of come out the other side and are like, I'm going to coach. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I love that. I have gone through something where I've already said, Oh yeah. I have to talk about this on the podcast and figure out a way to help other people too. So I'm right there with you. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Well, um, thank you so much. This has been amazing. I could probably talk to you for literally three more hours at least about this stuff. Um, so I appreciate your time and I'm sure everyone will take away a lot of very important information from this episode. Do you want to go ahead and tell people where they can find you and connect with you online? Yeah. So, um, I'm everywhere.
0: Uh, <laughs> but my my main hangout is uh Instagram. That's where you're gonna find like the most business tips and advice at Corlin Hazelwood. I'm the only one. Uh TikTok is the unhinged version of me. So if you want
1: just oh like the gosh, random I need to thoughts, go find you on TikTok now.
0: <laughs> if you want the random thoughts that pop into my head after a client call, uh TikTok is where you want to go. Um and I also do have a YouTube channel, uh Corlin Hazelwood and My YouTube is more like my systemize, how to do things, longer form explanations um, of the how side of business and the tech side of business. So I'm available on all of those platforms and places.
1: Awesome. Thanks for tuning in to the First Hustle Then Brunch podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or learned something new, I'd love if you subscribed and left us a review. Another way to support the podcast is to take a screenshot of this episode and share it on your Instagram story. Tag me at first hustle then brunch so I can repost it. Thank you so much for supporting the show and I'll see you in the next episode.